The Business Buzz Podcast. The, the Business Buzz. Good day and welcome to the Business Buzz for your weekly dose of business, finance, and economics news right here on VFM. That's Voice of Vits 88.1 FM, uh, broadcasting from our studios in Johannesburg. My name is Mudiwa Mob Justice Kavaza, and I'll be your host for the show. Now, who's to say that the world of business can't be entertaining? Definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we seek to keep you uh, entertained, educated, and intrigued about the world of business and our affairs you and your pockets now for today it's been a while since we had a show um the lockdown covid19 it's something that's uh, affecting everyone around the world um one of the things about uh, crises is that uh, when it comes to some of these um, crises geopolitical events etc they tend to be confined to a particular area um think the wars that are going on in the middle east um ebola that happened a couple of years ago um, um, the MERS virus, SARS, um, they were they were sort of contained to particular regions. They affected the globe, but um, they were sort of contained to a particular area. But for the first time, uh, there is a shared experience amongst people around the world. You can't run away and not find COVID anywhere in the world at the moment. And that's the reality that we are in. Uh, this is actually um, heading into week five of uh, the national lockdown with the president last night um issuing um, some uh, directives just around what uh, the phased reopening of the economy will be going forward. And that's some of what we're going to be talking about on today's show. The markets have been um, in turmoil. The RAND um, has been weakening over the last couple of weeks. Uh, But to help us to navigate some of these issues, um, we're going to be talking to economist Maxon uh, uh, Chetla about uh, the government's a stimulus plan together with uh, Petri uh, Redling Hayes, who is a financial analyst at Herenia Capital Advisors and founder of Ceci Abonga, which is helping small businesses uh, to cope with the lockdown. He's going to uh, maybe shed some light on how um, the crisis has affected the small business sector. And then we end off the show talking to Dr. Bob Wekesa um, from the Africa Center for the Study of the U.S. at Vitz University to compare and contrast the policy responses uh, that have uh, come through from the U.S and South Africa. Also coming up for the next hour, we're going to be having our business wrap. Um, that's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's t- uh, top trending business and economics news. And we'll also give you our Buffalo Index for your state of your 100 rand. Remember that you can find us on social media. Uh, that's uh, Voice of Vids of our FM on Facebook. Um, you can also find our other Facebook page that is Vids Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at VARFM and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. You can also stream us uh, live on iono.fm and you can also find our podcast on iono.fm or any other platform where you can find your pods casted so that's how the show is looking like make sure you definitely hold on to your seats and then on the other side of this we get into the business wrap you're tuned in to the business bus 
It's time for us to get into the business wrap. That's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. And for this week, easily, um, there are three big stories that have really made the rounds that are going to affect or affecting South Africans at the moment. Um, the first one is the fact that on Tuesday night, uh, President Surama Posa came out with an announcement um, saying that the government will be providing a $500 billion billion rand um, stimulus package to the country um, that's to aid in a number of uh, different areas um, of the economy whether it be for unemployment relief um, helping to support businesses and the like um, that is an, a massive amount you're looking at about 26 billion US dollars um, and they said that uh, they will likely be getting it uh, from places like the World Bank, um, the IMF perhaps the African Development Bank um, institutions like that have been approached for funding. We know that a few weeks ago, the government actually took on a $1 billion um, loan from the New Development Bank, otherwise known as the BRICS Bank. Now, in terms of uh, this new stimulus package, uh, some of the notable items is that uh, there is $200 billion, uh, rand that's been given as a loan guarantee scheme um, to be introduced to help uh, business pay salaries, rent, and, and suppliers. Uh, companies with a turnover of less than 300 million rand a year can participate. There's also a 40 billion rand of available for income support payments for workers whose employers are not able to pay wages. Um, another 100 billion do- uh, rand has been earmarked for protection of jobs and to create jobs. And then there's also a uh, special COVID-19 social relief uh, distress grant of 350 rand a month uh, for the next six months will be paid to individuals who are currently unemployed and do not receive any other form of social grant. 20 billion rand uh, has been given is going to be given to assist efforts that address the pandemic with another 20 billion rand for municipalities um, around the provision of emergency water supplies increased sanitation for public support uh, public transport sorry uh, together with the uh, facilities and providing food and shelter for the homeless and then there's also a six month temporary um covid-19 grant of 50 billion rand uh, this means that uh, child support grant beneficiaries will receive an extra 300 rand in may and from june to October, they will receive an additional 500 rand each. So those are some of the things that are going to be done on that front. The other big news of the week, this one is more global. It just has to do with the oil price. Um, the Brent crude oil price, whatever you want to call it, um, has uh, has been going down over the last couple of weeks, uh, mainly driven in part by the fact that um, there's very little demand at the moment um, for oil because people are at home. A lot of businesses have closed down. Industries aren't uh, using energy as much as they are. People aren't going to work, so they aren't driving around public transport in some cases isn't carrying people as much as it is so we saw on monday we saw the price of oil actually becoming negative and that actually happens um quite simply because in some cases people are actually paying people to buy oil from them because there's so much oil on the market at the moment that um, there isn't enough places either to store it or in some cases people have contracts in place to buy or sell at a future 
date and they can see that there's going to be too much supply now the other thing that has also affected the oil price has been um, a bit of a pricing war uh, that's been going on between russia and saudi arabia but the big news of the week is that this week oil reached an all-time low in terms of that price the other issue, um, third one on the list is that uh, last night, that is Thursday, uh, the 23rd of April, President Ramaphosa took um, to address South Africa again. Um, there were many memes that were created because of uh, his uh, face, uh, face mask and the way that he ended off the speech trying to put that on. Uh, but the main news of the night was the fact that South Africa is going to be having a phased reopening of the economy um, going forward and that's what um, the government is uh, looking to do they have said right now we are in stage five they have a five stage um, system that they have in place um, denoting different levels of severity of infection and uh, how different activities can actually happen at level one that is where we are the most safest and likely to get back to business as usual and then phase five is where we are right now where people are able to where people are in a complete lockdown now when we then come back into the actual um, into level four there are some people will be allowed to go to work and then things will be eased um, going forward in that sense so that's been it in terms of uh, the business wrap those are the big uh, stories uh, making the rounds this week um, 500 billion rand stimulus package from the government oil price at an all-time low and then the sa economy to be opened in phases over the coming weeks and months up next we get into the buffalo index Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. Welcome back to the Business Buzz. It's time for us to get into the Buffalo Index. That's when we tell you the state of your 100 rand. And for today, we are looking at one of the most contentious issues um, from the South African public about the national lockdown has been the issue of uh, the non-sale of alcohol. A lot of people have expressed um, concern. A lot of people have been um, complaining and a lot of people have been appealing to uh, Police Minister Beikele to sort of ease his stance on this issue and for the government to ease his stance on um, that particular issue. We've also seen um, the looting of uh, liquor stores um, in some communities around the country as a result. So because of that on today's uh, Buffalo Index, um, we decided that perhaps we should look at um, how some people can go about perhaps home brewing. You know what I mean? Uh, making it for yourself. And, uh, you know, there are some ready-made kits out there. The first one I can think of uh, coming from uh, Beer Lab, they have something called an Econo Brewing Kit. Uh, for the draft um, and uh, the the kit makes about 20 liters of beer and it includes a, a bucket fermenter adhesive thermometer airlock grommet um, the bottling tube 50 milliliters of sanitizer 50 caps uh, black capper cooper's draft and then one kg of uh, dry malt extract and that's going to set you back about uh 10 buffaloes, uh, which is about 990 rand. And then on the other side of that, they also offer a similar 
um, kit, but for dark ale, which is coming in also at about uh, um, 10 buffaloes or 990 rand. So that's it in terms of the ready-made kits. But if you are looking to make um, what is called, what uh, many have termed the original craft beer, um, that is umkomboti, or the traditional, uh, which is a traditional beer, and uh, that's actually a beer made from maize, uh, maize malt, sorghum malt, yeast, and water. And some of the main ingredients, if you're looking to uh, make that for yourself, now, 5 kgs of maize meal at the moment will set you back, you know, just about 40% of a buffalo, about 38 rand. And then if you want uh, maize malt itself, uh, about a kg, um, it's sold in, uh, in, in those quantities. If you want a pack of 15, um, 1 kg um, bags, they'll set you back about 4 buffaloes. That's 410 rand. Um, so that means uh, the average cost for each one, you're looking at about the 30 or so rand and then the last ingredient, one of the last major ingredients is what's called a wheat malt, and that's going to set you back at 23 rand, or just um, just uh, you can get about uh, four of those for your one buffalo. So that's been it in terms of uh, the buffalo index for today. If you're looking to perhaps a ferment brew or make something for yourself at home, uh, these are some ingredients, these are some prices that you can look out for. On the other side of this, we get into the main topic. Keep Locked. This is the business buzz. The, the business buzz. Welcome back to the business buzz. And for today, we are talking about COVID nineteen. We are talking about the lockdown. We are talking about the stimulus package that was announced by government um, earlier this week, and just all of those different uh, effects and impacts on the SA economy. Uh, but before we get into all of that, remember that you can connect with us on Facebook. We are Vow FM. That's Voice of Vits. You can also find our other Facebook page that is Vits Radio Academy, and then on Twitter. We're at VowFM and then our hashtag is hashtag uh, business buzz. So we time for us to get into the main topic. As I said, we are talking about COVID-19 and the lockdown and the effect it has had on the SA economy. And to start things off, uh, we spoke to um, we spoke to economist Maxon um, Chetla um, about uh, the stimulus package, about uh, the government's uh, you know plans with the economy, and uh, this is what he had to say. One, one, one. Let's 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 say first provide a background on on the current situation. Prior the the lockdown and the outbreak of coronavirus, we we were already in recession. And the few few days before before the announcement of the lockdown, uh, Moody's uh, downgraded us to junk status. And these two effects on 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 its own. Uh, they they had a bad economic effects, especially on small businesses and job uh, creation or job opportunities in our country. Uh, even ext- you can even extend it to re- expected retrenchments, given that most of the small businesses will be under pressure given the current economic uh, situation. And and the outbreak worsened the situation, the economic situation which we're already in. And 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 we had the, we had the, to choose between uh, economy and the health of the of the people, 
Hence, you, you saw the announcement of the lockdown and the announcement of the state of a disaster. But a few weeks after that, that's where you, you saw the president announcing a, a what you call the, the economic stimulus package, which amongst others included uh, the reliefs, which, which intended to, to assist small businesses to prevent job losses and also to make sure that they have a basic or smaller profits, even I think I'll I'll say capital, because if you don't make profit in this situation, at least you should retain your, your employees and start over again after after the lockdown. But what you also saw is that the there were announcements. Already, few people have already lost their jobs. And as, as you, you correctly indicated that the, the UIF is, in, is under pressure, the president encouraged people and they opened various channels to assist as fast as possible those who might have lost their, uh, their jobs during as a result of this, this, this coronavirus or a lockdown. Then, so that they can be assisted, have finances to, 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 to maybe to to sustain their, their lives. It's one of the priorities that the, the government has put in. But also when you look at the at other reliefs, personal reliefs, especially social reliefs, where they intend to give all un, unemployed uh, 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 people three, three, I think it's 350 rand, then you, you also see a an increase in social grants for young, 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 young population as well as uh, as our 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 elderly people. That in, in itself it means is going to increase the consumption spending in our country. When you increase consumption spending, the government is going to generate a a revenue through VAT tax, because that's where people will be will be spending their money at the moment on groceries and other stuff. I'll say mostly in groceries because as long as uh, alcohol has been uh, it's not it's not been it's, it's been prohibited, then they won't they won't be spending money on alcohol. Even if they spend money on alcohol, they'll still be making 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 a, a, a revenue through tax, a, a spirit tax. But basically, what what is happening is that. Uh, from 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 the supplier side of 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 of, of economy, which which is government, government has has put in a sufficient funds. I would say it's sufficient given our 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 revenue generating capacity to assist people who can't generate any sort of revenue or receive don't receive any form of income at the moment. Then you see we also see the reliefs to certain uh, small businesses. The small businesses are, are are classified as one of the driving 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 uh, 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 or the role main, main role players in our economy. Whatever they are producing, they create jobs, they contribute to our economic growth and also as the directors who owns those companies, they receive profit is either through their normal profits or dividends. So they they are also important uh, economic role players, and and and, and they need as, as as much support as, as they can get from the government. And one other thing that you also need to to take into consideration is that these small uh, companies they render services for for government. Or they also render services for other uh, uh, major, major, major uh, uh, private sector uh, uh, players. Then they put aside certain funds to assist those companies to pay 
small businesses on time for the services that they will have rendered so that they will have enough money to pay their employees during this 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 time then moving forward to 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 to, to uh, that's what that was a more of, of a fiscal policy a, a, a stimulus but when you go to monetary policy you saw the reserve bank has reduced their their repo rate approximately by over 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 two 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 percent since 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 the announcement of both the, a, a recession and and the lockdown that itself when you when someone is paying a a bond or a car already their their installments will be reduced because they the interest will have been on on a flexible interest rate then it's going, they're going to reduce the interest. When you reduce your, your monthly installments, you remain with an increased disposable income. Your disposable income, that's the money that is available for you to spend. At the moment, we we don't spend money on, 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 on any building materials. We don't sp- spend money on any alcohol, but we spend money on the basic needs of our, our, our households. That includes grocery in the main and other 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 stuff such as your, your your sanitizers, anything that related to hygiene. But we don't also travel much. Then that is we have we have a, a school kids at home. It's going to increase your, your grocery as a household. When you spend more money on groceries, you also contribute towards tax. Then it takes us back again to the fiscal policy, the linkage between monetary policy and the and the fiscal policy. That's where you see uh, the government is. I think so far they they have they have tried their best. Uh, the phased in approach, it it might be risky because when you look at the at the increasing rate infection rate at the moment from from last weekend, it has been it has been increasing over 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 120 per day infection rate or infection numbers. That itself is still worrisome because our graph has has not yet started declining convincingly because when when you look at this 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 infection rate in other provinces especially in rural rural what, what they call rural provinces like your limbo Mpumalanga, free state that's where you see at the moment active cases in in Limbopo, they are is, is the less than three then the recoveries are over 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 20 out of 27 infection infections so most of these rural provinces are doing very well but the epicenter, how it is, is also a, a, a less fairest economic hub of Africa and South Africa. That's where uh, the infections are high, but then also the recoveries are also high. But there, there are a lot of economic activities there. Once you open, you open uh, maybe let's say you can we can you can open construction because for 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 also to assist in infrastructure investment, the budget that the government has already put aside to assist in terms of uh, uh, infrastructure uh, investment, which in turn will create job opportunities will also a, 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 a result in revenue generating for government these are the including mining as well it's mining agriculture uh, your construction electricity uh, uh your retail your retail your, your retail stores financial services this but then they they they, they should not uh maybe let all the staff to operate at full capacity they must like 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 the president said that it must be one third of of, of their staff at least that way they will be they will be able to manage the, the 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 spread of the virus but at the moment what i see is that they are they are given the situation they are good measures economic measures which have been implemented to assist small businesses as much as this is going to have impact but then the impact will not be severe as compared to uh, 
a situation where we wouldn't have had this 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 kind of uh, economic stimulus package for small businesses and individuals. More justice on the business bus. Welcome back to the Business Buzz. This is uh, Vow FM 88.1. Remember that you can find us on Facebook. That's Voice of Vits or the or our other Facebook pages, Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're hashtag uh, uh, Business Buzz. And you can also find us on at Vow FM. So for today, we are talking about uh, COVID-19, the effects of uh, the lockdown um, on, uh, you know, various sectors. But uh, looking down at... At the small business sector that is a, a particular industry a particular sector um, that has actually been quite decimated uh, by the uh, by the ongoing lockdowns and to help us unpack what some of the effects have been of the last four weeks of um, you know very little economic activity have been um, you know Earlier in the month, there was some research that actually came through uh, from uh, fintech company Yoko uh, that has about 80,000 small merchants on its platform. And they have actually found that in the last, um, in the first couple of weeks of April, uh, just because of the lockdown, they saw uh, a more than 80% decrease in um, transactions from uh, the merchants that use their payment system, um, just as an indication of what's going on in that particular sector. And to help us uh, maybe also unpack um, some of those other issues and uh, some of the efforts that are being made to help the sector, uh, we're joined on the line uh, by uh, Petri uh, Redling Hayes, who is a financial analyst at Herenia Capital Advisors and founder of uh, Sesi Abonga, which is a platform um, that is trying to help local businesses to survive the lockdown uh, by paying it forward. They buy vouchers for goods and services um, from local shops and then uh, and service providers, and then uh, they then claim um, then they claim their purchases, and then making sure that everyone gets a back to the streets and get back to working and do everything uh, that uh, small businesses are trying to do. Uh, Petri, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me today. Um, I guess as a as a starting as a starting point, Ceci Awonga, um, what are you guys doing? Uh, what is the project about? Um, what is the need that you guys have identified? Basically, um, I think I'll start with the need. The need is that companies, small businesses particularly, need cash flow in order to be able to continue to pay salaries and other you know, overheads that are cost to run the business. They're, um, you know, they're doing their part by closing their doors um, with lockdown number one. And obviously after this, we're now going into a, a phased um, sort of unlocking of the economy but even then there's going to be prolonged issues around social distancing and large gatherings uh, and these small businesses will will continue to be faced with cash flow challenges as they're unable to open their doors or unable to to service as many customers or clients as they as they used to um, and this creates a problem for them because obviously they have they have staff members to pay right um, so the Sasia Bongo platform or of project, if you can call it that, is basically to create a platform or a marketplace for businesses to register themselves, and then they can create and list a voucher um, that people can buy now, which will, you know, a lot of the merchants are are um, 
are giving away discount vouchers. We're not giving away discounts, but selling discount vouchers. So, for example, you buy a 500 rand voucher now, and it's redeemable for 600 rand uh, at some point in future. The vouchers are valid for for three years. Um, so then later on, you can go and, and claim, you know, your haircut or your dinner at the restaurant or, uh, you know, your nail treatment or whatever the case is, right? There's game drives, there's all sorts of uh, different uh, types of products available. Um, and then, yeah, that that we can then, you know, take the funds that we get from uh, from selling these vouchers, pass it through to the merchants, and they can use that to pay their expenses and keep their, their employees, right? Um, which allows them the opportunity, at least, to survive. Um, I mean, as you mentioned, that research is is quite shocking. Uh, small businesses have really taken a massive, massive hit. Even leading up in the months before the lockdown, um, you know, revenues started dropping or started dipping down, you know, drastically. And now it's at zero, right, over the last month for a lot of them. Um, so this is a way for them to be able to offer, uh, you know, a discount on a future product or a future rendering of a service so that they can get the cash flow that they need now to be able to, to survive so they don't have to close their doors. Now, I can imagine that in terms of coming up with uh, this model that, you're, that you've just explained, the vouchers and the like, that there must have been a lot of, uh, I guess, thinking, um, a lot of thought, a lot of research, and perhaps even consultation uh, with business owners. How did you guys sort of decide that this was the best way um, that you could help merchants or business owners um, actually go through this period? Um, so initially we thought of, um, you know, a way that companies can can raise capital. Like if you look at how big companies do it, usually they would do a bond issue. Right. So if a, if a company wants to uh, expand or, you know, build a new factory or whatever the case is, and they don't have the cash for that or the capital for that, they usually then issue a bond in order to uh, raise the capital. And that bond then gets paid back to the, to the bondholders and is either paid back in cash or is convertible into shares in the business or whatever the case is. So we thought that that could be a very interesting mechanism to try and get access to cash flow uh, for businesses at this stage. But it presented a number of challenges, um, you know, predominantly that if you are going to sell a financial product like a bond and market it to public, you have to first register a prospectus and all sorts of other stuff um, that just really take a very long time to, to get done, right? Particularly now during um, lockdown and social distancing that, um, you know, these offices are probably not open. So it's not going to be an effective mechanism. Another way that you could basically create the same thing without having to go through this huge amount of red tape is by the vouchering system, right? So that's governed by the uh, Consumer Protection Act, which has all sorts of rules around how long the uh, the voucher has to be valid for. That's why it's valid for three years. Um, it's one of the rulings in the CPA. And I mean, this is essentially selling a balance sheet liability, right? So you're selling a, um, you're selling a, a RAND value item that can be redeemed for either, you know, not for cash, but for a product or a service at, at some point in future. And this was just the sort of easiest mechanism that we could find that we could very quickly implement um, to sell, to solve the same problem, if that makes sense. No, 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 it really does. And then I guess 
on a broader level, what what other effects or impacts have you seen? I think as Cecia Bonga, you guys sound like you are, I guess, attacking the the funding aspect, the revenue, the the non revenue generation aspect, um, also the aspect that people don't have uh, cash on hand to be trading, perhaps even working capital. Um, what other, I guess, effects um, have you seen that perhaps are not being uh, reported or some of the things that are happening to small business owners um, that haven't really um, gained that much uh, that much attention or come to light as yet for, for more South Africans? You know, the, the major problem is, um, I think, just the lack of cash flow. You know, small businesses, for example, um, are very reliant on daily traffic through their shop or through their business to be able to generate the cash flow that they need to pay expenses, right? And some of the phone calls that that we've had with some business owners, you know, we don't get to speak to everyone. We've had a a huge influx of um, registrations, which is fantastic. Um, Every now and then somebody gets stuck with something and, you know, I'll give them a call to try and help them out. Um, And those conversations are usually around... um, you know, the business owner saying, I don't, I don't know what to do. I've got, I've got five staff members. I can't pay their salaries. I don't have money. Um, so that is a real concern. And that is our first sort of prerogative that we want to, um, that we want to help with. We want to help businesses be able to pay salaries so that we can protect jobs. Right. The second thing that we're doing is providing access to market, right? Um, many small businesses might not have the expertise or the money to build their own online website. Um, or have the reach to be able to get people to that website so that they can um, so that they can sell vouchers. So we create an easy mechanism for them to register, create a voucher, create their own little online storefront, if you will, and then um, you know direct their customers to that very easily and very quickly. Okay, cool. And then the last point for us is just what's your outlook? Because I think. Um, it's been very tough. The country is not in a good place. And we're now being given, I guess, uh, this phased approach um, to reopening the economy. Certain people are going to be going back to work, um, stuff like that. Um, how do you see, I guess, things going? Um, are, is it a, are we likely to see, I guess, some of the small businesses starting to recover now that people, some of them will be going back to work or... Is it still just going to be dire for the next coming months? I think, um, I mean, there's a lot of doom and gloom on the horizon, right? But there's also some some relatively exciting things. I think the world's biggest experiment for work from home is happening right now. And I think that uh, after this, on a global level, uh, we have a bit of a reshift or a bit of a shift in the, in the global economy and how people go about doing work. I think working from home is going to become something uh, a lot more common than it has ever been before. And that, to me, is really exciting, right? Um, but on the flip side, to bring it back home, um, with the phased approach that we're going to do, I don't see how we're going to, you know, it's not like, okay, guys, next Friday comes, lockdown is over, everybody go back to the club. Yeah. <laughs> the club's not going to be allowed to be open for months um, because I think what's been happening is that government's been dealing with this fantastically well, but what they've been doing in the last period is just preparing to be able to treat the amount of people that are going to get sick from this, right? Once we let people out the house, people are going to start being infected. But now um, 
you know, government is ready to deal with that so that we can limit loss of life as much as we possibly can, right? Um, so what I think is going to happen is we probably, you know, with this phased approach, we'll probably say, okay, you know, um, you know, we'll be able to buy cigarettes again from next week kind of thing. Uh, that's w- one thing. And you'll be able to maybe go back to the mall, but you shops might not let, uh, might not allow more than 10 or 20 people in at a time. Um, we won't see bars opening again. We won't see uh, places like hairdressers opening again for a while because these guys are not, you know, they're high risk businesses where people are in very close contact with each other. So as time goes by, I think we see over the next sort of six months, we slowly start unlocking different sectors in the economy as the risk of infection reduces and the government, uh, you know, their ability to deal with those who are infected, um, you know, increases. Okay, so, so that is, I think yeah. I think we see I think we see months of social distancing uh, as the norm. So that was us, as you heard, months of social distancing as a norm. Uh, that was us with uh, Petri. Uh, Petri Red Links, uh, who is a financial analyst at Herenia Capital Advisors and founder of Sesiabonga, a platform that is um, helping local businesses to survive the lockdown. He's just talking about the fact that they've come up with the model where um, they will be having a vouchering system that can help um, small businesses to actually take care of uh, their upfront expenses during this period uh, because a lot of them haven't been able to trade and don't have have uh, that capacity to uh, generate revenues at the moment. He's also just highlighting the fact that even with the phased approach um, that has been um, suggested and given at the moment, um, that uh, honestly speaking, it will be tough um, going forward uh, for a lot of the businesses to go back to normal. So we'll see a sustained period of, uh, you know, likely depressed economic activity going forward. So that's been it in terms of this discussion. Um, very interesting and it's uh, it's just good to see um, that there are initiatives out there that are looking to take care of such an important sector as the small business space. Keep it locked. This is The Business Buzz. The, the Business Buzz. As we come to the end of uh, the show, um, we thought it would be a good idea to perhaps chat to an expert about um, how South Africa has responded on the whole to COVID-19 and perhaps look at how other countries have done it um, because uh, this week we've had the 500 billion uh, rand stimulus package in South Africa, but in places like the United States, um, we are um, seeing that they have been printing money uh, two to seven trillion rand, depending on who you talk to, and uh, we are joined on the line uh, by Dr. Bob Wekesa uh, to talk about uh, you know some of these issues. He is the, the deputy director at the Africa Center for the Study of the U.S. at Wits University, and uh, he's just uh, hopefully going to shed some light on the differences with uh, how SA and the U.S. have gone about doing their things. Uh, Dr. Wekesa. How are you? Very well. Thanks for having me. I think, uh, thank you so much for joining us. I think a good uh, place for us to perhaps begin um, our discussion is to perhaps get your thoughts on um, how the 
the two countries, particularly the U.S. and South Africa, have gone about um, their different responses. I think that's been one of the more interesting things to uh, perhaps watch and observe over the last couple of weeks, how different governments have done it. So when you look at how a superpower like um, the U.S. has gone about it, both economically and in terms of um, their social programs, how do you um, compare and contrast that to what uh, President Ramaphosa's government has done? I I think South Africa has approached uh, uh, the COVID-19 responses with a lot of uh, empathy and in a more calculated careful manner uh, in comparison to the U.S. in my assessment. And, it, and, and this is seen in the fact that, that even before President Cyril Ramaphosa announced the measures that were put in place, he actually consulted with the ruling party, with the governing party, the ANC. He had uh, discussions with experts and so forth. So that the measures that were put in place were actually a collective. He was being the voice of various sectors of society, both, uh, not, not just both, but uh, business, uh, economic, uh, people from uh, the financial institutions, as you mentioned, uh, the banks, uh, and as well as in the political end of things. <clears throat> On the U.S. side, we seem to have seen a situation where President Trump was actually leaping, you know, like shooting from the hip, as it were. Uh, making pronouncements and even actually resigning or going back on some of those decisions. And this will have been based on the fact that his level of consultation with the various sectors of society was not as good. And I think that's a key uh, point to make. I think the second point that one can make in the in terms of the differences is that President Cyril Ramaphosa actually brought on board diverse views. I think we've touched on the political end of things. We see a situation in which all the political parties, even those that have been opposed to the ANC in one way or another, or have been political competitors, actually spoke from the same script. In the U.S., we actually saw the continuation of the battle between the Republican Party and the Democrats. And in fact, that all going all the way to the 50 states that constitute the U.S., all the way from the East Coast to the West Coast where democratic governors of the various states were actually opposed to some of the measures that were being put in place. Only last week, we saw uh, Trump uh, mentioning the reopening of the economy, and uh, some of the governors were actually dead set to the relaxation of some of the measures that have been put in place. In comparison to South Africa, we've seen the coordination between the presidency and the provinces, uh, you know, going on in a very smooth manner, so that um, implementation at the national and the lower levels in, in municipalities and the provinces, all the way to uh, local levels, has been uh, a lot, uh, a lot better. And I think one of the final points that I would like to make on this is is, is that uh, in uh, South Africa, we've seen businesses actually involved in a big way, and one of uh, the showcases is the Solidarity Fund, where a lot of charities have actually made donations to. I think we haven't seen much of this in the U.S. Uh, It's essentially the federal government that has uh, come in to offer stimulus packages uh, to kind of bail out, uh, you know, know, the Americans. 
that are affected that do not have salaries, that do not have paychecks, uh, knowing very well that a vast number of uh, Americans actually are reliant on working for them to actually just take out a living. Uh, and, 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 uh, but uh, in South Africa, we've seen uh, many foundations actually come in to chip in into the Solidarity Fund and to provide uh, funding that can support small businesses and, and, and so forth. So these there are very clear distinctions uh, across the aisle. Now, one of the things that uh, it has been quite interesting to watch, as you said, there has been that difference, particularly when you see um, that solidarity fund, like you said, there's been a lot of chipping in. I think one of the biggest donations I've heard so far was uh, the NASPAS donation of 1.5 billion rand um, towards the various efforts that are being made. But over and above that, <clears throat> it's sort of speaks into the fact that when uh, President Ramaphosa issued um, his statement on Tuesday night, was it, um, giving, pledging a 500 billion rand uh, stimulus package, it it sort of showed you um, from the consultations that you're highlighting that they are measuring this to be quite a huge issue, 10% of uh, GDP. Um, and that also speaks into the, the stimulus we've seen in the U.S. Um, some people are saying 2 trillion, some people are saying 7 trillion overall, but there's a lot of stimulus that's being pumped into the economies. And I perhaps wanted to explore with you why do you think um i guess an african country like south africa uh, because the president has highlighted that they are likely going to be borrowing from institutions like the imf um to fund some of this stimulus whereas in the u.s we sort of know that they're going to be printing uh the trillions of dollars that are going to be um given out out there what is it that gives them the ability to um, print that money whereas in south africa we have to borrow that money you know, actually, the, the, the U.S. is in a, a better position on many fronts, even as it faces the challenges of governance and leadership uh, and lack of consultation, as we've seen throughout uh, this period. Uh, however, it's still in a, in a very good position because the dollar, which is its official currency, is in large measure also the official currency for global trade and global economies. Everything is benchmarked on the dollar. Uh, and, and essentially, the dollar took over from the British pound uh, many years back, you know, you know, beginning in middle after the Second World War. <clears throat> so as the exchange currency, it's the currency that is used across the world. Um, even the Chinese economy, which is a key competitor to the U.S. economy, uh, undertakes the trade uh, on the basis of the dollar rather than the Chinese yuan or the maybe RMB, which is the, US, the, the Chinese currency. So the, the U.S. based on that uh, can afford actually to do the printing of money, even though with the understanding that this will reduce the value of the dollar as a currency of foreign trade and, and, and the foreign currency. Uh, and I think it's therefore a calculated risk, a calculated measure that the Reserve Bank in the U.S. has taken to say, look, let's print money. We know that the dollar exchange rate will be weakened. The confidence in the dollar as a currency of exchange will be shaken, and people might actually start considering the euro or the Chinese yuan or any other global currency. However, we have to make this risk as a means of pumping up our reserves at the local level to help the 
uh, run the economy. On the other hand, countries like South Africa and really the rest of the world are dependent on the dollar, and therefore they can only borrow um, from uh, institutions bilateral, multilateral, rather institutions such as the IMF and the World Bank and, and others. It's for this reason that um, the, the U.S. Uh, is in a better position in those respects. It's a risky move because then they start shaking the dominance that the dollar has had for a long time. But, uh, but countries such as uh, South Africa have no choice but to go to the New Development Bank, which is the BRICS Bank, uh, to go to the IMF and to go to the African Development Bank if it so wishes and so forth so that it can be able to uh, have the resources to meet stimulus packages such as the 500 billion uh, run stimulus package that uh, was announced by the president. So if I'm understanding you uh, correctly, Doc, you're saying that um, the U.S. sort of benefits from having that status of having the the world's reserve currency and that um, the confidence that the world has in the U.S. dollar sort of helps it to make some of these um, calculated risks like being able to print money, um, which would have uh, a lower impact in terms of uh, impacting the exchange rate versus if South Africa was to do um, the same thing. No, certainly, yes. Look, uh, some African countries, in fact, other countries in the world, have attempted to do what the, what the U.S. has done. But because their currencies are so weak, they have ended up actually, their currencies collapsing. A uh, good example is uh, just across the border here in Sip, when uh, their <coughs> economy you know, went into free fall, they thought, look, why don't we just print more cash? And what ended up is that the Zim uh, currency lost so much value that actually they ended up now actually using the U.S. currency in some respect. And I think that has been the case uh, for many years um, in various countries. In Kenya, for example, a couple of years back when they uh, they printed currencies also, the Kenyan shilling lost, lost value so much. In Uganda, the currency actually collapsed in the 70s and 80s and money became worthless uh, after you know, going for printing uh, the money. So uh, the, the the U.S. the U.S. dollar is such uh, is in such a dominant position that they can actually afford that calculated risk, knowing that the dollar will lose value, but perhaps it can't lose value to the extent of the currency becoming completely worthless. And I think we are going to observe this uh, situation in the next couple of. Uh, uh, weeks and months to see if indeed uh, the dollar will uh, lose its purchasing power globally because of this. So that's been us. Uh, we were talking to uh, Dr. Bob Wekesa, who is the Deputy Director at the African uh, Center for the Study of the U.S. at Wits University. I'm just highlighting some of the uh, differences between um, how the U.S. and South Africa have gone about responding to the COVID-19 crisis. Um, he's talking about the fact that in the U.S. it seems like uh, the President uh, Donald Trump uh, didn't consult as far as much and was sort of shooting from the hip um, to use his words in terms of some of the policy directions that were given versus President Ramaphosa who seems to have um, consulted widely across um, the pri- both private and public sector institutions in terms of coming up with a, um, a relevant and proper um, response to the crisis. And then just highlighting as well that uh, African countries um, at the moment don't have the luxury of printing 
printing money the way that the U.S. has done, uh, mainly uh, because of uh, the reserve the reserve currency status um, that the U.S. currently commands. Um, the, uh, Dr. Bob um, is actually just saying that um, it was probably a calculated risk from the U.S. Federal Reserve and that they probably sort of took into account that they may weaken the exchange rate slightly, but that would not be to the extent um, that it would be if South Africa was to do the same thing. You're tuned in to the business bus. So that brings us to the end of uh, today's Business Buzz show. Thank you to everyone who participated. Uh, thank you to Maxon uh, Chetler, an economist together with uh, Petri Redling Hayes and uh, Dr. Bob Wekesa for being part of the show. Uh, it's quite uh, dire news, quite frustrating news uh, coming out from some of those projections, but it's just good to see some of the progress that's going on. Um, South Africa has been hailed on many fronts for how it has handled the crisis and um, just going forward um, I personally think that uh, this upcoming uh, phased approach to reopening the economy is probably a good one with the way that they're approaching it very cautious but also just recognizing that people do need to go back to work and also just ensuring the health and safety of uh, South Africans everywhere so very good on that front because more than anything else if you think about the fact that uh, there is a 500 billion rand stimulus package on the cards right now that's 26 billion dollars just from five weeks of not operating imagine what two months three months would do uh, to the economy so getting people back to work getting some businesses getting some people to actually get back to work and having that ability to um, have a chance to start gaining an income and uh, stuff like that it it definitely does help uh, from an economic point of view and also just from morale some people have been going crazy um, sitting at home you know, either you're frustrated about, uh, you know, just being at home or just that anxiety of where will we um, get money to put food on the table. So let us know your experience. Let us know what you think of what the government is doing now they've handled the crisis so far. If you're a business owner, what has been your experience? On Facebook, we are VioFM, that's Voice of Vids. You can also find our other Facebook page, uh, that is the Viz Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're hashtag uh, Business Buzz. And then you can also find our handle that is at VowFM. Remember that you can also search for us on iono.fm uh, for our podcast and you can also um, stream us live from that site. Our other content is available on vids.journalism.co.za forward slash business. With that, we've come to the end of the show. Thank you so much to our amazing team. Our technical producer is Kotlano Sedame, together with our executive producer, Gloria Mabuza, and our producer, um, Slindlem Sibi. Uh, don't miss the business buzz. Uh, we hopefully will be back next week, uh, just depending on how the crisis goes. So for myself, Leo Mob, Justice Kabaza, and the rest of the team, it is a good morning. It is maybe good afternoon where you are. And uh, as always, Take care. More justice on the business bus. The business bus podcast.